0: Edition of the Bill Michael Show on the air. We are glad you're with us today. Thanks for listening to us, whether it's uh, over the air on the app, uh, watching us over on YouTube, Facebook, what have you. So thanks so much uh, for being here today. Big weekend uh, culminating with uh, obviously football starting up, college football starting up over the weekend. Uh, The pros are getting ready to go this week and uh, the Brewers got a win yesterday. Everybody else that they needed to lose lost. I don't know how much it means to you. At least it gives you the glimmer of hope. And then, obviously, we'll give you a little bit of a weekend uh, recap from the motorcycle ride. Uh, I'm not going to give you all the details. I'm going to tell you you're going to have to watch the video that's going to come out later today. Um, I'm piecing it together now, but if uh, you were a part of it, or maybe you just have a human heart. <laughs> uh, you'll want to see this. Uh, it is—it's really, really cool. So I'm—I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to finishing the production on this real quick. It's—it's it's just a, a kind of a recap, but um, sometimes you don't realize the people you touch along the way. And I thought it was—I thought it was really, really good. Really, really good. Um, so anyway, that being said. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877 1670 If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. There you have it. Um, so, Ben, how
1: was your weekend, man, overall? Oh, it was good. Uh, good long weekend. Beautiful to have college football back. We had banner games pretty much every night. So, had a lot of fun. I will say today, Bill, I'm kind of going through it a bit. Uh, long story short, I lost my fantasy football league last year and had to do a hot ones challenge where you eat all the spicy hot sauce on wings uh, before right. our draft last night. And let's say it is not sitting well this morning. So today I'm going. Yeah, through, I heard you were having some kind of issues. Uh, yes, uh, issues. I don't need to expand <laughs> upon, but uh, he can't sit. It's not fun. I, <laughs> I I will not be sitting today. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you
0: know, nevertheless, uh, it's never good when you cannot sit, so to speak. But, you know, uh, I understand where you're coming from. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> that's uh, that's hilarious. Um, eight. Uh, by the way, so let me ask you this real quick, Ben. So when uh, you had a chance to watch, obviously you watched a lot of football this weekend when you watched the Badgers. What was the, uh, the the premise? What was the thought regarding the Wisconsin
1: Badgers and uh, Graham Mertz and company? I think from Mertz and the offense, uh, you saw really everything you wanted to see. A wise man once told me that uh, smart people don't make conclusions based off week one, especially in the college game. They make observations. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the passing offense is great or this team is suddenly a lot better than last year's uh, offensively. But I think you saw against a poor team everything you needed to see to at least feel excited about what's to come.
0: The, I I think what Graham Mertz did, I think, was manage the, and and not to make it sound like it's a negative. Uh, I think what Graham Mertz did was manage the game is that and did it in a positive light didn't make that big mistake didn't have those ugly throws didn't I mean obviously they had some big plays didn't make mistakes like we have seen in the past would you say that's an accurate account of what Graham Hertz did
1: yeah I mean he went 14 of 16 and one of them was a drop the other was a tight window throw that was a good play by the DB I, I don't think he made one single mistake I don't think that there
0: was bad play. I don't think it was spectacular, but for the first time out, I think that you can look at it and say, "Yeah, Graham Mertz did a a pretty solid job." Um, so I was I was not uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I was not disappointed in any way. Um, I'm I was I was good with what they did. I I, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, so Wisconsin gets a win. They knocked off. Um, Illinois state and I'm happy with what they did. No no more than that. That you know I know some people were looking for some kind of incredibly dynamic offense and open up the playbook and let's see more of that pro style Ingram fingerprint and you you didn't really see a lot of that. What you saw was just a good solid day, I guess might be the best way to put it. Right? I I, I don't know how else to put it. Correct me if I'm wrong. 877, 867, 1670, 877, 867, 1670. 38 to nothing. They did cover the spread, so I thought that was impressive as well. Um, and uh, Braylon Allen, 148 yards on 14 carries, averaged over 10 yards Uh carry. Had that 96 yard just blowout scamper, ran away from the rest of the bunch. Ches Malusi, uh, 10 carries, 48 yards, solid effort that day. They ran for 200. And twenty-one yards, two hundred and twenty-one yards, and uh, all you can do is just hopefully uh, watch this team get better. I thought the defense obviously played spectacular when you when you shut a team out, you know, and just blow them up the way they did. I mean, it was it was under two. Oh, uh, excuse me, under three uh, two hundred and fifty yards total. One eighty-six through the air, fifty-seven on the ground. That was it. You, when you give up that little and, and keep a, a team out of the end zone, that's incredibly solid. Not that we expected the the you know the Redbirds to run all over Wisconsin, but that's that's just an incredible effort. Uh, Jason says, "I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but we've seen this before from Mertz. He does well one game, then flops the next. But let's be real: uh, the team they played wasn't exactly a juggernaut. Thanks. No, but you did exactly what you're supposed to do. I'm not. No way." Because I saw some people on on Facebook and on Twitter, kind of knocking the Badgers, you know. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, why? Because I didn't beat them by fifty or sixty. You know, go out and win the way you're supposed to win. That's exactly what they did. Not not gonna not gonna downplay it at all. Just did exactly what you're supposed to do. Saw some other guys get into the game. I was happy with it. I wouldn't say it's. An astounding win, but it's a good win, and it's a win, and you didn't give up anything. And your offense, for the first time, saw uh, another opponent. Now you. This is one of those games, Ben, this is one of those games where the coaches say, ah, I now have tape. You know what I mean? They now have something
1: to look at and go, ah, all the things we've been telling you, now I've got tape on it. Yeah, I've talked all offseason about how important that is for Mertz because last year they come out week one and kind of get punched in the mouth by a really good defense. At least there's a runway. I think it's even more important, honestly, after watching Saturday for the defense because they look shaky early, some really preventable mistakes with penalties and missed tackles and such. And then throughout the game, like, Illinois state did have an FBS caliber quarterback in a Minnesota transfer. They could throw the ball on Wisconsin secondary a bit. So I think with eight new starters on defense, most importantly, uh, the tape from that will help a lot this weekend. And then also going into Ohio state. I completely agree.
0: Completely agree. Speaking of Ohio state, uh, they struggled early on with Notre Dame and people were uh, palm to forehead for the most part. And then after that, after the initial 10 points, and Ohio State trailing at half, they came back and just dominated defensively. Ohio State put up fourteen, and they win twenty-one to ten. But not the most impressive win out of the Buckeyes and Notre Dame. Do you, I look? There are really, when you lose, there aren't a whole lot of moral victories. But I think the game on Saturday in the shoe was more of a moral victory for Notre Dame, and in fact keeps their hopes somewhat alive. Because they did go into the shoe as 16, 7-point, 10-point underdogs, hold it to 11, and played extremely well, had a lead at halftime, and I think opened up a few eyes to say, wait a minute. This team, not as bad as everybody thought they were going to be, or maybe Ohio State's not as good as everybody thought they were going to be, but regardless, uh, it opened a few eyes. So I think Notre Dame, even though they're probably going to fall when it comes to the rank, or they will fall because of the rankings, or in the rankings, but I think overall... They now, after that opening loss in the shoe against Ohio State, they have a chance to climb back in to the uh, to the final four if they run the table. Alabama they blew out Utah State fifty five to nothing as expected. Georgia they got a big win over Oregon. I tell you what, Oregon looked like a high school team. That was if I'm number eleven in the country, that's somewhat embarrassing, man. Oregon got just their ass handed to them. Texas A and M thirty uh, one nothing, a a barn burner. Utah. At 7 in the country, goes into Florida and gets beat by an unranked Gators team, 29-26. Michigan pretty much did what they were supposed to do over Colorado State, 51-7. Oklahoma beats UTEP, 45-13. I thought another interesting game, the uh, 19th-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks favored at home over number 23 Cincinnati. Cincinnati gave them all they could handle. They got blanked in the first half, came storming out in the second half. They just ran out of gas. 31-24, Cincinnati ended up getting beat. So I'll see uh, if we'll wait and see if they fall out of the top 25 because of that beating. Uh, but uh, Ole Miss uh, over Troy did not look great, 28-10. to uh, Meanwhile, I got a good one against uh, Houston, Houston, and UTSA. Houston barely survives on the road barely survives on the road and the other game that I thought was probably the uh the most fun to watch we'll say that was the LSU game I thought that uh, that game was awesome and the fact that uh, the southern draw of Brian Kelly could not overcome Florida State yet again and remember Florida State last year was gonna was gonna get Notre Dame in overtime but Florida State successful this year 24 23 at LSU, Florida State goes to 2-0 in the season, and Brian Kelly's debut as the head coach of the Tigers down in Louisiana State ends up in failure. I loved it. That was the one game that over the weekend really made me smile. Ben, did you take some solace in that when you watched Brian Kelly and his postgame presser and his, his gruffiness and all the crap that that guy happens to throw at the wall to watch him just
1: kind of go and kind of whine about his game and then blame it on his players? I thought about you definitely as that was happening. There is nothing in this country that unifies everybody more than dunking on Brian Kelly when he's losing. Uh, even my LSU uh, friend who who uh, from Louisiana, massive LSU fan, he hates him. And and after what he saw, he was even piling on. And then you have after the game, the uh, Tigers' number one receiver, All-American Kayshaun Booty. Maybe this is more uh, young kid stuff, but he took – LSU out of his Instagram bio and might be opting out of the season. So it's a disaster there. Uh, yeah. I'm happy. I knew it made you happy. So that was enough no, for me. No, I was, I was grinning ear to ear. I was grinning ear to ear. And to
0: come out again, again, and blame his players and just th- no acceptance. This guy's just a ball of ego. And it's like the more he opens his mouth, the bigger ass he, he reveals. I, I just... I he's just a, a turd, man. He just is. And, again, I don't wish any ill will on the LSU program, but you chose this devil to dance with, and I hope you go down in flames. I just do. Just do. Take a lot of pride in just watching you toil away in anonymity. So hopefully uh, he just does exactly what he – he's probably a pretty good delegator and a, and a decent coach in some rights because he's had success. Just as a human being, he's an ass. He's just he's just an ass, so I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, uh, get back in. we got a lot to get to today, a lot to get to today. We're going to hear some from Zadarius Smith of the now Minnesota Vikings as he gets ready to take on the Green Bay Packers, Packers in, pa- in Vikings mode, if you will. So we'll get into that discussion coming up. Also, we'll recap a little bit more of the Wisconsin Badgers and get your thoughts on Graham Mertz and the offense and the overall performance also. Brewers get a win yesterday and I uh, um, I didn't do anything yesterday. I was exhausted from the weekend and yesterday I literally just laid in bed for the most part of the day um, but as the Brewers got a win, I saw discussions and I want to get into that as well. So we got a lot coming up today. We really do a lot coming up today. Stick around we got a lot more of the Bill Michael show it's coming up and it's coming up all right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The day after the Labor Day weekend. Can't believe we're already into September. Oh. I want, uh, want the warm, want the sun, want it all to stick around for uh, a long time yet to come. But we all know the uh, the cooler weather is on its way, which means usually uh, there's always fall football to get into. And to talk a little more about it, as the uh, the Packers are now in full-fledged Vikings mode, we'll say, Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette joining us uh, on the hotline. Eric, how you doing, pal?
2: Hey, hey, Bill, how about you? It has been, was last week not the longest week ever?
0: It uh, it certainly days. felt like it.
2: Oh, For lack right. of a better and term. Yeah, and you got a really, really good taste of football on Saturday. I mean, that was some good stuff. Uh, but, man, alive. I just... Oh, like like uh, yesterday. I was like, "Man, is this to be Monday Night Football tonight?
0: What's, what's going on here?" Yep, but uh, no, I completely good. agree. I cannot wait for, cannot wait for more pro football to get underway. Uh, meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers trying to make some decisions. Bakhtiari says that he's going to be ready to go. He's on pace to start Week One. I find that a little bit shocking. Do you?
2: I wonder if they do go if he if he plays the entire game. You know, it might be get in there you know, let's get lathered up a little bit and maybe just see how it goes. Because I don't think they want to have a setback. You know, I I mean, obviously he hasn't played in a while, so you think he's probably, everything else, the rest of his body is probably feeling pretty awesome. Um, But the reality is, I mean, you can't afford to lose this guy for the entire season. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they play him for, you know, a little bit and then set him down. Like maybe, like, if you remember the Detroit game where he played the first half and sat down, Maybe they do that, or maybe they give him some breaks with the game because I just can't believe you would run that guy out there for the entire game when he hasn't even played a, a snap of live football uh, right off the bat. I just, to me, that, that doesn't seem like something the Packers do. They're usually overly cautious, especially with their vets. So I, I, I would, if he does play, I'd be shocked if he plays the whole game.
0: What is the likelihood, in your opinion, the offense either comes out and they're on fire or that they sputter and we have a lot to analyze come Monday. We have a lot to discuss. We have questions in our head as to how good they're going to be. How how? Which side of that fence do you lean?
2: Well, I mean, let's just look at history, right? Last year, the first week, they got beat by the Saints, didn't they? You know, so yep. I think they're, they're going to be uh, – They're going to be slow coming out of the gates. I don't think that that's that's, – I think a lot of – most teams are going to be slow coming out of the gates. It would be – here's my thoughts. you got a a new system over there in in Minnesota. You don't have any history with what they're going to do. Like, what is that offensive coordinator going to do? Every other team and every other coordinator, you know what they're – even if they're – let's say they're a running team, you know when it's third and long. You got years, if not multiple years, of, of, of video to watch. Like what are they going to do on third and long? Okay, what is this offensive coordinator going to call? It's going to be a little different. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if the Vikings come out and look awesome and, and blow the Packers out. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, but I think the longevity of it and the way that the Packers are going to be set up is, you know, and they talk about it all the time. It's a marathon, right? I think they look at the first game as kind of a, a preseason, the old preseason dress rehearsal. I, I don't foresee them looking super smart. They're going to look really different. I think there's going to be a lot of passes going to receivers that we haven't seen. I think the Packers are going to have some wrinkles uh, that you haven't seen in a while, but you can go back to the family tree and look at what, what they're doing there in uh, um, in San Fran. And you can even <clears throat> their blocking schemes and stuff if you remember um, if you're old enough to remember of the, uh, the old Broncos, when Mike Shanahan was there, their blocking schemes are very, very similar to what Kyle is running and what um, even Sean McVay has run a little bit, but, and what LaFleur is doing. <clears throat> Zone blocking, backside cutoffs, levels, all that stuff isn't going to change. Just It's going to look a little bit different, I think, from where the ball goes initially out of the, the gate.
0: The uh, the the offense we have a, a huge question mark. How dominant do you think this defense can? It's a great test to be able to get guys like Adam Thielen and such. First game with this defense, the way everybody's got this anticipatory feeling that this defense could be about top five. You got Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Obviously, Kirk Cousins had a solid season for the most part last year. They've upgraded their offensive line. They feel I mean this is a big test for them.
2: Oh, it certainly is. I mean, than last year. I mean, Jefferson and Thielen both kind of took it to the Packers a, a little bit. So I think they are going to, you know, it's a really big test. And I don't think even if the Packers lose it, it's going to be something where it's on the defense. I think the offense is probably going to be a little slow. Um, you know, if you asked me from the previous question, I mean on that that side of the fence. And, um, but the defense, I think, Quite honestly, I think they're going to be okay. I, I would be surprised if they give up more than 21 points, unless they're playing on short fields the entire game. Um, but I think 21 points would be a very, a very decent uh, showing for them. It's to be whether or not the offense can put up 21 points. But I think three touchdowns. Because you got to figure they're probably going to get some. You know, if the offense isn't playing real well, there's going to be some short yard or short fields, um, things like that. And I, I, I you know. 21 points would be okay with with the amount of, especially with if they can, you know, Dalvin Cook, you can say whatever you want about the receivers, but that's the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy that, the guy that makes that offense go, and they got to shut him down, and it seems like they made, you know, they invested in the linebacker, and they invested in another big D-tackle, so I think they got it set up, and there are some things in practice that they ran that look a little bit different than they had, and we haven't seen it in the preseason games, but there's some packages there that I think is out to, to stop the run a little bit more. And I think they will be, I think that is, that's the key. If they can shut him down or at least slow him down, I think that's the whole key because you get him out of that third and second. When you feel really, especially on the wrong side of the 50 where you feel good about going deep rather than you can go for it, you know, at third and two, you can take some bigger chances. A second in short, those are all really good situations for their offense. if that's the way it looks. But Dalvin cook to me, that's, that's the stopper right there. you got to
0: stop that guy. Talking with Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette, uh, special teams for the Green Bay Packers. We have not seen a full complement of guys on special teams yet because they played a lot of guys trying to make this squad to find out who will be a good special teams player. Our, I, one of the things that I'm excited to see is how this special teams unit plays and also Mason Crosby, what they have him doing, whether he's kickoffs and – uh, and uh, PATs and such, uh, and field goals, or if he's just strictly PATs and you know field or PATs and field goals, yet to be seen. I would assume he's going to do everything just like always. But I'm really interested in the coverage units, the return units, and special teams as a whole. Now that they've kind of got their guys.
2: Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think that's something that we're all really interested in seeing, and we uh, made it a point of emphasis. I and mean, they talked about it you know hey we're we're signing They signed that safety that got cut really right after the uh, 53 got announced to put a guy on their team and, and you know basically because of his special team capabilities so you know I think that's something in the past was kind of over and oversight and and some of that is when you have high dollar you know players on your team you don't have that luxury to, to sign a a, a mid you know, a guy in his third or fourth, fifth year that you got to pay a little bit because he's good in special teams. That's stuff to do when you're you're top-heavy on some of your uh, contracts. But, you know, they made it a point of emphasis. So it'll be interesting to see um, how it works and how they react. And, you know, certainly their kickers are fine. Um, It's just really going to come down to whether or not they can be uh, sound on the edge when they're trying to uh, uh, cover punts and kicks.
0: Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the return game. Who is going to be the returner? Do you think is Mari Rogers, Romeo Dubs, or is there somebody else that's going to be in the fold that we should look for?
2: Well, I think it could be all of those guys, or I mean, both of them at some point. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know the kid from from North Dakota. I don't want—I I mean, that guy can move. I don't know why you wouldn't put him at kick return. Hot return, I think, might be a little bit uh, scary, but uh, certainly a kick return i up to
0: see what happens. Talking with uh, Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, breaking down the Green Bay Packers getting ready for the week, that is. And uh, we've got a good, solid offensive lineup. Bakhtiari is back. Obviously, Elton Jenkins. You don't want to overuse these guys. You don't want to put any stress on the knees. You want to kind of ease them back into things. But how uh, – how, uh, the depth of the offensive line, I have a ton of com- – for, for the first time – I should say for the first time in a while, because they've always had some pretty good offensive lines – but if they get those guys back, uh, both Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, with what they have and the way they've drafted, I, this might be one of their deeper offensive lines in a long time, right?
2: Well, it certainly reflects on how many of them they kept. You know, they, you know, a lot of times you see when they when they are building their fifty-three. A lot of times there's only eight guys uh, there. The luxury that they have now is they didn't want to get rid of any of their draft picks because probably all of them would have got picked to up. Um, so that's that was really impressive, and I think they really like like those guys. And um, you know the the odd the odd man out there might be the Ryan kid. He was the highest of all the draft picks. But you know you're right. I you know they have you know you got you got Jake Hansen who isn't going to wow you with his uh, 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 run blocking, but and certainly has some flaws in his pass blocking. But uh, he's got experience, and you could get by with him during a game or two. Um, you know Nyman. You know, you, if there's a injury at left tackle again, or or if you just need to give Bakhtiari a blow, I think you'd feel comfortable putting Nyman out there and, and being okay with that. The one guy that I think is the most intriguing is the guy that's on the practice squad, the Jones. That guy is he's like what is he 6'8 or something like that? Holy oh my Lord, god, that guy, yeah, he's huge. I, you know, they got him on the practice squad, and they're going to have to watch very carefully because there are teams that have offensive lines go down. The one nice, the one interesting thing about him is he's got, he's got that wingspan, and you know, even if his kick is a little bit slow and he doesn't really sit down good in the pass block, pass blocking right now, you still got to get around that that wingspan, and that's a that's a pretty tremendous um, thing to do with with a speed rusher. And you know what, he was pretty good against the run. You know, so I, you're right. The the deep, uh, the offensive line is probably very deep, uh, but just as you know, if that is so deep, their outside linebacker spot is so thin that I don't know how they, if, you know, they can't sustain an injury there. So it's going to be tough. They're going to have to sprinkle in some of those young guys in, in occasions just so that you're not overworking those outside linebackers because you to need those guys.
0: Did did Garvin impress you? Did Galea impress you? Did Engabari impress you? A- any of those guys? Did they impress you this preseason as an outside linebacker?
2: I would say more like depress me than impress me. To be <laughs> honest, uh, there just wasn't. It. There's no. There's no suddenness out of the names that the guys that you mentioned there. Sound against the run, Engabari is going to be okay. Garvin, oh just okay. But if you had to rely on Any one of those guys for a long period of time, Uh, you know. Let's say Smith goes down for six weeks. How do you replace that? Not only is he a good pass rusher, also drop him off in coverage an awful lot, and that those guys look like a fish out of water. So now you got to change your whole defense because now you got you can't you can't send seven in there, you know. And I I think you know what my gut tells me after watching them play is. if there is a situation where one of those outside linebackers get injured, they're going to would with blitz seven a lot because that guy, he can pick him up and put him down. Um, and I, I think having him, he could come around from all over the field. I think what you saw in preseason was pretty good, but I think his upside is sky high just with his speed and his ability to find the football. Uh, not necessarily the most physical guy, but um, I, I I think the real depth on that outside linebacker spot is – is, uh, is definitely going to be uh,
0: Clay Walker for sure. Eric, great stuff as always, bud. We'll uh, do more later in the week, and then obviously uh, looking forward to the weekend and the game to come, okay?
2: Yeah, sounds great. You have a great week. Thanks a lot for having me on. I hope you had fun.
0: Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go, Eric check of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. And uh, as we get you ready for uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings coming up this weekend, Over at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Uh, we will have live coverage from Minneapolis coming up this weekend. And it's the it's the return of the Green and Gold Postgame show. Don't forget about that. The Green and Gold Postgame show is back. So no matter where you're at, I'm telling you right now, one, download the app, the app W.O.Z.N., the zone out in Madison. Download the app, Two, You can always follow us over here on YouTube and on the Facebook fan page. Track us down there as well. You can subscribe absolutely free. But the Green and Gold Post Game Show is back on many of these same stations. If you don't get it in your market, if you don't get it in your market, make sure you download the app. Make sure you listen to us online. Make sure you go to the the, uh, video side of things via YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash the, or excuse me, Bill Michaels Show. Bill Michaels Show. Don't forget. That's a, a great way, great way. To, to find us and you also have the green and gold podcast form the very next morning the green and gold huddle and uh, the green and gold show and uh, the huddle show in podcast form the very next morning you can download that as well you can find us on all your podcast locations spotify apple itunes and over in google podcasts as well but uh, it's all right there so if you can't get enough Packers coverage, if you want the best Packers coverage, make sure you follow us on the Green and Gold Postgame Show. Make sure you follow us on uh, the uh, the Huddle. Make sure you follow us on many different platforms to find the Bill Michael Show and find the Green and Gold Postgame Show. So looking forward to that. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Ma'am Medical. Treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And they have a 98% success rate. I preach that all the time, 98%. Think about that. All but guaranteeing the fact that they can help you out. So if you got it, you know it. If you're the partner of somebody who's got it, you know it too. And uh, also don't forget, if you're moody, if you're tired, if you're sluggish, if every day is just a struggle to get up and down and get your energy together. Could be if you're over the age of 30, could be low T. Could be low testosterone takes maybe 10 minutes to get your numbers checked. Stop in, make an appointment, call them 414-455-4451, anywhere and everywhere, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. And if you want to shed some pounds, <coughs> excuse me, lose some weight, look a little bit better, put yourself on a whole trajectory to a whole new you, that's New Mel Medical. They can do it all in one weight loss program. I had a gentleman walked up to uh, up to me this week and asked me about it. Yeah. You do it. It works. You'll see 414-455-4451. More of the Bill Michael Show now. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate,
2: subscribe.